You're listening to episode 27 of the Journey to Launch podcast, The Art of the Side Hustle with Chris Gillibo. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Souffrant. If this is your first time listening, hello, thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoy the content. If you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back. This episode will actually be an interview. I know for the past few episodes, I've been doing some solo episodes, just talking, but this time... We're back with a amazing guest that you may or may not have heard of. His name is Chris Gillibo, and I'll get into his bio in a bit. Before we do some housekeeping, if you are enjoying this content, if you are loving this show, please continue to share with your family and friends, share on social media. This is how the podcast gets out there. This is how we grow and gain more journeyers on this path. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, you know I love a review. Please leave me a review. Let me know how you feel about the podcast. And as always, I love seeing your feedback on social media. I'm on all social media as Journey to Launch. So let's get a little bit into Chris Gillibo. Now, if you have not heard of Chris yet or before, let me just give you a brief rundown about Chris. He is a prolific writer and just content creator. His first book, The Art of Nonconformity, was translated into more than 20 languages. His second book, The $100 Startup, was a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, selling more than 500,000 copies worldwide. His third book, The Happiness of Pursuit, was published in September 2014 and was also a New York Times bestseller. His fourth book, Born for This, will help you find the work you were meant to do. And his newest book, Side Hustle, will help you create a new source of income in 27 days. Also, his daily podcast, Side Hustle School, is downloaded more than 2 million times a month. Wow, talk about numbers. I have Chris on to discuss his latest book, Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. Because as you know, I just love the idea of a side hustle, the point of really maximizing your income. I also love the fact that he stresses that everyone needs a side hustle, but you don't need to necessarily make it into something that's your life's work. It's just simply a way to earn extra money. And so it's really about creating diverse streams of income, maximizing your income, because as you know, this is the surefire way to reach financial freedom faster than if you were just to depend on your nine to five job. I love that he gives really good concrete examples of how people are doing this. Everyday people like you and me creating side hustles that are earning them, yielding them thousands and thousands of extra dollars a month and a year. And yes, some people end up quitting their day jobs and doing their side hustle full time. But I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. Also, stick around for the end. I have a special, special offer for you. I am giving away an autographed copy of Chris's book, You can win that. Stick around to the end to see how. Now, before I get started, if you want anything that we talked about, like the show notes for this, 
Go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 27. All right, let's hop into this interview with Chris. I am so excited to have Chris Gillibo on the podcast. Hi, Chris. Hey, I'm so excited too. We've been trying to get together on this for a while now. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule. Of course, schedule. of course. I know I, I hate to be so unreliable. I've just been on the road to like one city a day for the past, I don't know, 60 days or something. But I've been very much looking forward to this. Come on, no big deal. Just a hundred city <laughs> tour. I know, <laughs> slacking. <laughs> so I'm going to have you just introduce yourself. I know a lot of people already know who you are, but just in case they don't, who are you? Of course. So I'll give you a short version because that's a dangerous question to be like, who are you? People are like, I was born at a young age. Here's where I went to middle school, etc. I think for the purposes of this conversation, I am an author, traveler, entrepreneur. My new book is called Side Hustle from Idea to Income in 27 Days. It's all about helping people create a new source of income without quitting their job. And this came to be because, first of all, my own life, I've spent 20 years, my entire adult life working for myself and doing a whole collection of side hustles. And then for the past 10 years, I've had this wonderful community called The Art of Nonconformity. That was the name of my original blog. Started traveling. I had a quest to visit every country in the world. And all along the way, I met lots of really interesting people doing interesting things and realized that a lot of them want to have a side hustle. They don't just want to have a part-time job. They actually want to have something that's going to help them with their financial freedom, which I think is relevant to your listeners. And I feel fortunate that I can write and travel and produce a daily podcast called Side Hustle School. That's perfect. And I love the brand. I know you do a lot of things, but I love the side hustle component of your work because it's the daily podcast. It's also the traveling workshop. And now you have a book that's just like an action packed. How do you create something from idea to income in 27 days? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I think it's important for my audience because a lot of the times we are talking about on this podcast how we can reach financial freedom, get out of debt, retire wealthy, retire early. And we talk about expenses and reducing expenses, but income, that's that silver bullet. Once you get it correct, mm -hmm. once you can increase that, you can reach those goals faster, which is why I love the concept of the side hustle. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's actually far more important to focus on income. And I even say that as a person who is pretty frugal, I always used to be very budget-minded, didn't want to spend money, et cetera. But even being frugal and reducing expenses, which is good, it's still much more important to work on the income side of things because if you have a relatively low salary or even a middle salary or whatever, like there's only so much you can save, right? There's only so much you can save, only so much you can cut. But if you can increase your income, then of course, options are unlimited and you can do all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where the side hustle comes in. And you say in the book as kind of like a tagline and on your site, a side hustle isn't just nice, it's necessary. So can you talk a little bit about why someone should consider yeah. starting a side hustle? This phrase is very much in the culture now. And people are talking about side hustles in lots of different ways, including some misconceptions, I think. A lot of people just talk about it in the sense of like, everybody's working harder, everybody's working multiple jobs, you have to do that to get by. I'm talking about something a bit different, which I'll come to in a second. But I guess, first of all, like side hustle isn't just nice, it's necessary. In this day and age, I think people are feeling a lot of anxiety and uncertainty for all kinds of reasons, like political, social, economic. And in doing so, they realize they can't trust their well-being to a corporation. Even if you love your job, you can't entrust your well-being to somebody else because nobody's ever going to care about your well-being, your career, your independence as much as you are. So that's the first part of it. The first part is what the media always focuses on. Second part is that doing this is actually really good for you. It's actually empowering. It's actually like the greatest thing in the world, even if you love your job, to be able to wake up in the morning and see that you've got a PayPal notification or a Venmo thing, or like you can log into a website and you see that you've got money from something that you have built. 
And that's what I want to get people to that point of creating an asset for themselves, maybe more than one asset so that they have options. So they have options to do what's important to them, whether that is retire early, create that financial independence, or even maybe get out of debt, which is a huge thing. Because if you're in debt, of course, then you have fewer options than you would otherwise. So essentially, I'm trying to help people create freedom. And that's what I think a side hustle can do. And you make a distinction between side hustle and being an entrepreneur, which Mm. I think is pretty important. Because for me, when I was in my 20s and thinking that I wanted to become rich, I always assumed that the only way to do that was to create some big, big company and the next Google. And that was overwhelming. And I wasn't able to do that. But I think a lot of people, when they think of starting a side hustle, it can get overwhelming because they're thinking, I don't know, I don't want to commit myself to something. And what about the time commitment? And Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot of money. So can you just break down the difference between what you call a side hustle and then just an entrepreneur? that's a great question. I am actually very careful about using the word entrepreneur. I don't use it a lot because even though that's kind of what I am in some ways, I realize that a lot of people don't relate to that for all kinds of reasons. A lot of people like their job, first of all, like they're happy in their job. They feel like they're fulfilling a mission or they like their colleagues or coworkers. But of course, they also want financial independence. So that's where the distinction comes in. First and foremost, I'm not telling people to quit their jobs. I'm not telling people to take a huge risk. I'm telling people to look at the skills that they already have and learn to apply them in this new economy kind of way. Another key point, I think, is when we think about entrepreneurship, and this is also a bit of a misconception, but just because that's what we think of, we tend to think of stuff like what we see on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den or shows like that. And those shows are very entertaining. It's not like we can't learn something from them, but they're all focused on this very particular Silicon Valley model, which is about scale and raising capital and getting angel investors and all that kind of stuff. Side Hustle has absolutely nothing to do with any of that. Every story that I tell on the daily podcast, I'm doing this podcast 365 days this year, every day a different story. None of them have anything to do with going out to raise money. They have to do with looking at what you already have, finding an opportunity in a short period of time, getting something out, maybe spending a small amount of money if there's some cost, but not a ton, and then seeing what happens. And lastly, not to go on a bit, but just the last part is I would say also entrepreneurship They often ask these questions like, what is scalable? Your idea isn't good if it's not scalable. Your idea isn't good if it's not sustainable. Whereas with a side hustle, I don't think everything has to scale. I also don't think everything has to be sustainable. I've been telling this story on book tour about this guy who has a little cruise blog. He answers questions about cruises. And he's now making $4,000 a month from this little blog. He writes one post a day and that's what's coming in. Huge result. Is he going to be able to do that for the rest of his life? Probably not. I would imagine eventually something's going to shift there and that always happens. But what I would say is, does it matter? Because he's got $4,000 a month coming in. He's had for almost the past year. That's fantastic. So those are a few different things. It's a lot to do with money, a lot to do with mindset, and then also your goals. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Right. And then speaking a bit on mindset, in the book, you talk about what you need to be prepared to do Mm. to make something like this work. So say someone's listening to this and they're saying, wow, you know what? I need to start a side hustle, but I do not know where to start or where to begin. You talk about having the right frame of mind and the willingness to act. Mm -hmm. So can you describe why that's so important at this stage in the beginning? Sure. Well, I've been doing this a while and talking with people all over the world, different backgrounds, different stories. And I think that people have one of two challenges, which relate exactly to this question. And some people have the challenge of not knowing what idea they should choose, or 
they understand that they have skills, but they don't see how to apply them in a side hustle way. They hear other people's stories. They're like, well, that's great, but I don't know what I would do. So half the people are like, I don't know what to do. The other half of the people are like, well, I've got plenty of ideas, but I don't know how to make them work, essentially. And so what I would say to somebody who's trying to figure it out first is let's talk about ideas. Where do ideas come from? How can you develop your skill of curiosity and observation, which is not something you learned in school? It's probably not something you learned from your family, unless your family was entrepreneurial. And it's not that hard to learn. First thing is, let's learn where good ideas come from. Let's look at your skills. Let's think about different opportunities. Then the whole second part of the process is, now you've got your idea, what's it going to take to bring that idea to life? How are you going to go from idea to offer? Which is really critical because I found that you talk to people, like you go up to people on the street, like everybody has a business idea. Everybody's got some idea, but most of them haven't thought about what that idea looks like as an offer. And an offer is something that has promise. What is the benefit to someone? It has a pitch. Like, why are you selling this? What is your one sentence? Here's why you need it. And it also has a price. Here's how much it costs. Here's how you give me money for it. So I want to help people go from, here's where good ideas come from. Here's how you make those ideas happen. Here's how you turn them into offers, which people can actually purchase. And that's so good because also what happens is, it's not always about maybe that initial thought or idea. Sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper. Yep. And you talk about that in the book about starter ideas and next level ideas, which I thought was brilliant because a lot of times we come up with our starter ideas and then we kind of say, oh, well, everyone else is doing it or other people mm -hmm. are doing it. And I don't really see how it's going to be profitable or making money. Yep. But then you say, no, challenge yourself and take it to the next level. What are some examples of that? You've got a couple points there. I mean, the second point first, you said people have an idea and then they're like, oh, somebody actually is already doing that. It's really interesting. That's coming up almost every single night of my tour. I feel like I should have even written a lot more about it in the book because if somebody else is already doing your idea, that's often a very good sign. That's actually not a bad thing at all. Like you shouldn't abandon your idea because that shows that there's market demand for it. If you live in a city, how many coffee shops are there in your city? Probably like a huge number, but yet a lot of them are actually able to be successful because they differentiate in some way or they're in a different neighborhood or maybe serving a different audience. Like there's all kinds of stuff there. So that's the second thing. But the first thing was about the starter idea. Distinction between a starter idea and a next level idea. There's all these little platforms out there that you can jump on and do something with. The gig economy, essentially, like TaskRabbit, like Uber, like Lyft, a bunch of other ones. I don't think those are bad. I just think ultimately they're kind of like part-time jobs. And so if you want to have a part-time job, we've all done that in our life. That's fine. It might be a good part-time job, but that's all it is. You're not actually creating an asset. So the example I would give is a friend of mine named Harry Campbell, who's in L.A., and Harry is an Uber driver who started doing Uber because he wanted a side hustle. He's like, oh, this will be good. Like, I'll do this. And he actually liked doing it. But then he realized there's not a lot of information out there for drivers. There's not a lot of resources for people who want to be drivers. As I've been doing this for a couple of months, I've learned when the best time to drive is. I've learned how to get my rating higher. I've learned how to go to the surge area and get higher fares. So he created this whole business consulting and coaching other rideshare drivers, which, you know, people are becoming rideshare drivers like by the thousands every day, it seems like. So in that, he's creating an asset. He's creating that freedom for himself. He can make money apart from the Uber ecosystem because Uber doesn't like him for whatever reason. They can kick him out or they can cap his compensation. They can determine the competition in that market. It's basically all of their rules. But in this situation, he's writing his own rules and has unlimited potential. So that's the difference between a starter idea and a next level idea. And I think it would benefit everyone who's listening. Some people already have side hustles. Some people are trying to think of one, but just try to think how you can next level it, how you can even make it different in the market. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing. If you already have a side hustle, this is really great news because 
if you have something that's working a little bit, it's almost much easier to make that work more and, and to kind of take it further and go to that next level than it is to start something completely new. So yes, if you've got something that's already working, there's a lot of fun stuff that we can do to help you make more money, basically. And then some other blocks that people have about side hustling, if they haven't started yet, mm. are the money it takes to start something and then the time. So can you talk about those things? Yeah, interesting. A lot of blocks. I think people also have blocks about fear and insecurity and stuff too. But in terms of the money, I mean, that's clearly a perception. Because if your idea is to start some kind of manufacturing thing that's going to require you hiring a factory in China or something, then yes, there's going to be some cost there. But a lot of the, the examples and stories that I focus on, I mean, just the two that we've mentioned so far, like the rideshare guy with the consulting and coaching, the, the guy who went on the cruise and started the blog, lots of other stuff. The startup costs are really very, very, very minimal. You know, actually, I have a whole week of the show coming up on Side Hustle School where every single episode is $0 startup cost or like $15 for the domain name, basically. So I actually would kind of say that objection is not relevant unless you're trying to start a big company, which is not what we're talking about. The other objection is time, which is a real objection. Not to say the other one isn't real, but I feel like there's more to the time thing. I've written this book and I do this podcast for busy people. That is my market. My market is busy people who have jobs and don't have 40 hours a week to like explore and try different strategies and be on 12 different social networks. So what I'm trying to do is if you only have a certain amount of time to spend on your side hustle, the important thing is not necessarily to make more time, but to make that time count. And if you can know in advance how you're going to spend your 20 minutes or your one hour or whatever you've got on your project and you know what step to do next and you know like after step three i've got step four and you can create this logical process that makes it so much easier because honestly i think what most people get overwhelmed by is not just the time but it's the what do i do with the time like what is next and so that's what i'm trying to help people with the what's next yeah because planning is such an important part of everything like what you just said about if you only have 20 minutes or an hour to work on this a day you have to be efficient with what you're going to do. Exactly. And so the planning process is very important, but so is the action. You have to then implement whatever it is that you think about doing. Absolutely. Which I think a lot of people kind of get stuck at is the yeah, yeah. the planning. They don't plan well enough where they're mm-hmm. using their time wisely and then they have a hard time implementing and kind of get stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the side hustles you've covered on the podcast or just that you've come across that most surprised you that made money? Huh, the ones that most surprised me. That's a great question. I try to present lots of different little kind of quirky, crazy stories on the show because I don't want to just present the same things all the time. And I want to show people there's all these different ways to make money that you've probably never even thought of. I don't know. Let's go back over the year. There's a woman in Colorado who sells chicken saddles, which are like vests for pet chickens. And this is actually a real thing. And she makes real money doing it. A couple thousand dollars a month from this thing. In sticking with the animal theme or the the insect theme, there's a guy who drop ships live crickets to reptile owners and doesn't actually handle the inventory. So that's good. He's just doing it on the internet, basically. People doing all kinds of courses and teaching all kinds of stuff. One of my favorite stories is a woman who has these courses on Udemy, which is a platform people can upload content to and people buy the class. And she teaches courses about baking bread, about sourdough bread. And she has like five different courses. And last year, the sourdough bread empire, as I call it, made $85,000. And so I love that story because you think about technology and you think about, oh, courses about programming and about blockchain and stuff like this. Well, she's using this very, very old skill of baking bread, but yet kind of married with technology because it's an online course. People can access it from anywhere in the world. And the last point on that one is it's also a great response to the objection 
that, oh, well, nobody would want to buy that because nobody would want my idea because they can learn about that somewhere else. If you just think about all the different ways you can learn to bake bread, you do not need to buy an online course. Mm -hmm. But yet she's been successful because she's very relatable. She's got this teaching method that people watch the preview and they're like, oh, I totally get this person. So I would just encourage people, if you've got a skill, there's some way to do something with it. As long as that skill is valuable to other people, there's some way to transfer that into this side hustle world for you to make money. Right. And it's about solving a problem. You don't need to change the world, but you just need to figure out how to solve a problem, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I think people also feel stuck. They feel like they have to create the next iPhone. They feel like they have to go to space or do something that's never been done. And that's not what we're talking about here. If you've got a vision to do that, go for it. But in the meantime, if you don't, 99.999% of us, there's all kinds of other stuff that you can do to solve people's problems. And that's where I think you're going to be more successful. Right. And that's where you kind of come across news stories or on Facebook, you see these random ideas Uh that people are doing and making money. And you probably thought about it once or twice, but you kind of pass it by because you thought, well, that's just too simple. No, someone would actually pay for that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's more interesting, I think, than inventions that nobody has ever come up with in in lots of different ways. There's another story about this woman in Texas who opens this Airbnb for dogs, you know, for dog owners who don't want to put their dog in the kennel. Like she opens her home and it starts off just doing $20 a day. And now she's actually making a couple hundred dollars a day at this. And that was her story. A couple years ago, she had thought of it and she's like, what if there's like an Airbnb for dogs? And nobody wants that. But she finally actually decided to do something about it. And now it's, it's very successful. Hmm. Yeah. We already kind of talked about someone's listening. They have these little blocks or things that they think will be in their way. We kind of covered that. So once they say, all right, I have an idea. But what do I do next about this idea? Great. I think mentioning going from idea to offer is probably where we're going to head next. But I would say also part of that is, okay, you know, now that we've got the idea, do we know what form it's going to take? Like, is it a product? Is it a service? Who is it really for? And let's get specific about that. Let's actually try to really think about the ideal customer for that, not just a demographic. It's not just like women age 30 to 34 or something. It's like, who is that one person out there for whom this thing you're making is absolutely perfect? And so we're going to do that and then make a list of deliverables. And all this is in the book, but just in short, make a list of what do you need? Do you need a website? Well, here's how you make a simple website. Do you need a payment plan or a payment processor? Well, here's how you put a PayPal button on your, like, it's not that hard. So making a list of that stuff and then going from idea to offer, okay, what is this thing? What do people exchange money for? How much money do they exchange? What's the workflow? Like if I buy this product from you, what happens next? Do I get this file? Do I get this confirmation email? Do I have to schedule a consultation? Like just thinking through all the different steps. And that can seem overwhelming, but the much bigger part is getting the right idea. Because if you can learn all this other stuff, like the things that I teach are not that complicated to learn. What is more important is focusing on the skill that you already have. Because that's your life experience. That's the expertise that you have developed over time. And that's valuable. All you need to learn is then how to apply it and get that idea out to the world in the side hustle world. Mm -hmm. And we all have skills that we can be marketing or making money from, which is so important when it comes to trying to find out ways to get out of debt, save more money and invest to reach your dreams. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So I know you already talked about some ideas that surprised you, Uh but what maybe has been one of the most money making side hustles that you've discussed on your show? Oh, okay. Money-making side hustles. Okay, good. I actually have a story I'm working on today. It's going to come out in a little while, depending on when people are listening. It may be available. It's this guy who starts a bouncy castle affiliate program. You know, like bouncy castles or like bouncy houses. People have at parties. Mm -hmm. So this is really interesting because it's good to find 
an industry in which there is demand. People actually want this thing, but yet it's not very competitive, like in the marketplace. There's not like a huge number of people competing in the bounty castle space, right? It's like the live cricket dropshipping space, not a huge number of people doing that. So he was able to make money with it. So this bounty castle thing, I'm still working on the episode, but I believe, if I have my notes correct, something like $300,000 in a year that this guy has made. Wow. $300,000 reselling, doing affiliate stuff, figuring out how to search engine optimizations so that when people search Bounce Castle or house or whatever, they're going to find his site and do that. So $300,000, pretty good for the Bounty Castle world. Yeah, that's not bad at all for like kids parties. All right, well, talking more about the side hustle ideas, I know some people, not only do they consider doing a side hustle, but they consider maybe doing something more supported like an MLM, Mm. like a multi-level marketing network thing. What are your ideas on that or thoughts on that? You know, I'd be curious about your ideas because I don't have a lot of experience in that world. But I will say in general, I tend to encourage people much more to creating their own product or their own service. I think if you want to be part of something else, then maybe there's an affiliate model you should look at. Maybe there's a reselling model like, you know, the Bouncy Castle thing or something. There might be some exceptions, but I would say that the general trend with MLMs is that the people who start those are very successful and the people who like get in in the beginning can be really successful. But the vast majority of people are really not going to be successful in that model. Right. And I mean, I would tend to agree with you. It's about creating an asset. And again, it doesn't have to be some huge, huge asset. Now, and I get why people want to kind of do MLMs because it's like that supportive network. It's almost just like you're taking that leap, but then you have all the support around you and you don't feel like you're doing it alone. So that's obviously a bit um, comforting for people Mm -hmm. taking that step. But yeah, I agree that creating an asset that is yours. I mean, the people who are actually starting the MLMs are the ones that are really the side hustlers or the entrepreneurs because they're the ones making the money and they're the next level idea, like teaching people how to sell their own stuff. Exactly. So maybe you should start your own MLM. That's the lesson there. Ah, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) This conversation has been so great. Where can people find more about you? I mean, you're on a 100-city book tour with Mm -hmm. this new book, Side Hustle, which is amazing, by the way. And I will link that all in the show notes for everyone. And I have a copy to give away, by the way. Oh, awesome. Fun. So where can people find you if they want to learn more, if they want to learn about the Side Hustle? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. It's a wonderful conversation. I hope uh, the listeners enjoyed it as well. My daily podcast is called Side Hustle School. So you can get that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's less than 10 minutes a day. I'm trying to make it for busy people. And you can go to sidehustleschool.com to learn more about that. The book should be at every bookstore or Amazon or wherever you like to buy books. And I am Chris Gillibo on social media, which nobody can ever spell. But if you type in <laughs> something like Chris Gillibo, you'll probably find me. Yeah, I'll have all your links so people can definitely look you up quickly <laughs> in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> but thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. Absolutely. It's been a big honor. I really hoped you enjoyed that interview with Chris. You can find him if you want more information about him at chrisgillibo.com or check out his daily podcast, Side Hustle School. I wanted to also just give you an idea of how I actually even met Chris because I know a lot of you guys reach out to me. You guys want to start podcasts and you want to reach out to guests who have bigger platforms. And obviously, Chris has a way bigger platform than I do. Really, what has enabled me to push Journey to Launch forward and to have on such amazing guests like Chris is I simply ask. But bigger than that, I met Chris at Podcast Movement, actually. We ran across each other at the FinCon booth, and I introduced myself. I said hello and that I enjoyed his podcast, and I gave him my card. He asked for my card because I briefly gave him like a 20-second rundown of what Journey to Launch was all about. This was actually when Journey to Launch had like two or three episodes out, by the way. 
And so I told him what I was about, what Journey to Launch was about. And he was like, hey, give me a card. And so we exchanged cards and I actually emailed him. I emailed him a few days, I believe, after podcast movement was over, just saying, hey, it was great meeting you. I'm the girl you met who was talking about financial freedom in the yellow shirt. I'd love to keep in contact and maybe have you on my podcast. And he actually responded back and say, I remember you. And sure, let's try to make something happen. So over the next few months, we were just chatting a little bit over email. And when he was releasing his book, Side Hustle, so he was doing tours for his book. And I saw that he was coming to New York. And so I made it my business to go out and see him at his New York stop. And I went and I saw him and I was able to introduce myself again to him, let him know, remind him who I was. I bought his book. He signed it for me. And again, we had a brief conversation. And so really... From there, it was a continuation of just running into him. And then again, I ran into him at FinCon. And I basically, I just didn't give up in terms of asking him when he'd want to come on the show. And he was interested in coming on, but he's so busy. And so it was really just a matter of finding a time that worked for him. And luckily, we did find a time that worked. But I'm telling you all of this to say that if you are thinking about reaching out to people to be on your show or maybe it's, you don't have a podcast. Maybe it's just life, right? And there are things and opportunities that you want and you are unsure because you don't know if you deserve it or if someone is maybe quote unquote above you. I kind of talked about this in the last episode, but you really have to believe that you have value and you really have to have obviously tact about how you go about approaching people because people are busy. Not everyone has time, especially when you have such a platform and audience the way Chris does, like you can imagine he's probably approached a lot for interviews and to do certain things. And so I really do believe that if you do have a reason and a strong brand and just an idea of what you want to accomplish, you can really see anything through. You can really connect and talk to anyone. It may take some time and perseverance. You want to be careful not to be annoying, but it's possible. So I just wanted to give you that kind of nudge if you're thinking about reaching out to someone or if you're thinking about taking some leaps because at the end of the day it's all about belief in yourself and so that was just my little story to tell you okay so now on to the goodies if you want to win a free autograph copy of side hustle the book from idea to income in 27 days here's what you have to do go to journeytolaunch.com slash win to see how you can enter. Basically, you enter your name and email. Additionally, you just need to leave me a review on iTunes. So if you listen in iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, leave a review before you hit send. Just screenshot it and email me at jamila at journeytolaunch.com. And if you don't listen in Apple iTunes, totally okay. I have another way for you to enter. Just again, go to journeytolaunch.com slash win, enter your name and email address, and then go to my Facebook page, Journey to Launch, and like it. That's all. I believe I have about over 700 likes at this point. I'd like to grow my page to over a thousand um, as quickly as possible. So that's another way to help me out. I know the last time I did a book contest and I asked for reviews, that was the only way to win. And I had a couple people saying, hey, I don't listen in iTunes. You know, I don't listen in Apple Podcasts. How can I be a part of this? So I figured you can enter in two ways. You can either leave a review and screenshot that review. And if you already left a review, totally fine. Just screenshot me the review that you have already left. And or 
go and like Journey to Launch, the Facebook page. And so you'll see all that information if you go to journeytolaunch.com slash win. I will be picking one winner by next week to win. I'll announce it on my social media next week. So you'll know. And good luck. I suggest you really get this copy of this book if you can. And if you don't win, you should go pick it up for sure. All right, guys. Again, thank you so much for joining the podcast, for listening. And I will speak to you next week. 